We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Roar DFS podcast sponsored by Wix.com. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. We're not the usual guys you hear hosting this podcast, so if you hate us, you can contact us on Twitter. I'm at Derek Van Riper. He is at NFL Draft underscore RW. It's wild card weekend in the NFL. Four matchups, a lot of road favorites this week, so that's kind of a unique look, but that's just the way the seeds happen to fall this year. You got the Texans hosting the Chiefs. Texans are three-point underdogs at home. Bengals also three-point underdogs at home. No Andy Dalton for the Bengals in that one, so A.J. McCarron under center again for the Bengals. No D'Angelo Williams, though, for the Steelers. We'll break that down here in just a few minutes. Uh, the Vikings matchup against the Seahawks. The Vikings are favored, or say they're, they're a five-point underdog in this game, which is kind of surprising given that Seattle completely stomped the Vikings in their first meeting. And the Packers going on the road to Washington are a one-point underdog. I've seen that line kind of fluctuate a little bit over the course of the week. So that one's borderline pick them. Uh, but let's just go position by position, Mario, and kind of build up the lineups. Lineups will kind of we'll kind of we'll kind of this into it that way. We're going to look at both sides, both FanDuel and DraftKings. There's some pretty significant differences on a few players. So if you have certain guys you like a lot, it may make sense to play on one site versus the other, and a lot of you out there listening will have lineups going on both. Starting at the quarterback position, it feels like the chalky play of the week is Kirk Cousins, especially on DraftKings. Look at the price for Cousins. It is low. Yeah, so chalky on DraftKings. I'm having trouble even, even though it's like a 
a tournament strategy of taking a guy that highly owned when there's only four games seems just suicidal. I don't know how to pass on it either. Um, if I did, it would probably be McCarron at 5,200, really, uh, just because I I think we've seen that the Steelers' defense is pretty decent in the second half, but it's still better against the run than it is the pass. And I, I would hope for, you know, uh, I would hope for Pittsburgh to be pass heavy too with D'Angelo Williams being out so maybe you get like a more tempo than usual or more plays ran than usual in that game because of more passes being thrown by either team than they normally do Uh, but yeah otherwise 5900 on Cousins is really hard to pass on for DraftKings. Yeah just to give you some context if you haven't looked at the prices yet Ben Roethlisberger is 7200 Russell Wilson at an even 7000 Aaron Rodgers at 6400 it's weird to me that Kirk Cousins is cheaper than Rodgers I know there's uh, the long track record of Rodgers being elite prior to the last 10 games of this season. But that Packers offense, to me, doesn't have any real shot at turning things around. They have not tried anything different since the beginning of the season. So there's little reason to believe that all of a sudden, because of the playoffs, they're just going to flip a switch and go back to being the pre-2015 Packers. So the 6400 price tag on Rodgers... It doesn't make sense, in, at least compared to where Cousins is at. I, I guess at 6,400, it's low enough where maybe you can build a lineup it around him just and like goes an inten- off. Oh, sorry. It might just be an intentional chalk trap. You know, like make some make some super obvious pick just to get so many people going at it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 hard because, yeah, I'm definitely – I don't care about Rodgers at 6,400 when Cousins is 5,900. Even Roethlisberger, who I guess would be – uh, my second, I don't know, Russell and, and Ben Roethlisberger, I guess, are roughly even to me in a vacuum. Like, I would normally put Russell ahead, but uh, with I, I do feel like Pittsburgh has to go even more pass-heavy than usual with D'Angelo Williams out. So I guess that's what, if you're in a GPP for this slate on DraftKings, maybe consider avoiding Cousins and stick him in mostly your cash games lineups because, uh, yeah, it's just, it's going to be like, what, I guess I would expect like 30% or more ownership on that one. Probably. I think it's going to be heavy on Cousins, heavy Big Ben, heavy Wilson, and everything else kind of chopped up among the other quarterbacks. I mean, Hoyer home against the KC, not bad, but also don't really see a crazy high ceiling with him in that matchup because I think that's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. The same holds true for Alex Smith. On the other side, 5,400 and 5,300 respectively. McCarron at 5,200 does present some value because that could be a matchup he can exploit. Had the long TD pass to A.J. Green in their first meeting. That was the game, of course, in which Andy Dalton was hurt initially. Uh, so he's got a few more weeks of actually leading that offense under his belt. Could be able to maybe exploit that Pittsburgh secondary. I haven't heard anyone all week even suggest that they would go ultra contrarian and play Teddy Bridgewater against Seattle no that just seems like a a good way to throw away an entry so if you want to go down that route uh you know that's that's an option as far as the FanDuel quarterback pricing goes the differences are are pretty pretty uh I guess limited but Kirk Cousins is quite a bit more expensive he's 8,000 on FanDuel whereas Wilson and Roethlisberger at 86 and 8,400 respectively Rodgers at 8,100 still priced up as the third most expensive quarterback the bottom half guys, you get Alex Smith at 7,100, Hoyer at 6,900, Bridgewater at 6,700, and McCarron at 6,400. Almost makes sense if you really like A.J. McCarron to build the lineup on FanDuel. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, like on DraftKings, I was thinking Cousins and Cash is my go-to, and then for GPP, I'm looking at the Ben, Russell, and then McCarron, whereas on FanDuel, I think McCarron is so cheap, uh, and the others enough more expensive that he makes sense in Cash and tournaments both. Um, 6400 I mean 
This is a guy who I don't think we have much reason to believe is even worse than Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton, uh, you know, if he had been healthy, would have cost seventy nine hundred. So if if you're basically getting him at a fifteen hundred discount, which I'm kind of considering it that more or less, uh, I, I definitely like him on FanDuel as well. So looking at the running back position, we kind of go back to DraftKings as we kick things off here. You got Adrian Peterson at seventy three hundred. He's going to play. He's got a back injury, but there's really no way he's going to miss this game. We'll see if he's limited at all once the game actually kicks off on Sunday. Uh, no D'Angelo Williams for the Steelers, so you've got Marshawn Lynch at 6,500 as the next most expensive back. The conditions for that Vikings-Seattle game are expected to be very cold. We're talking wind chills below zero. I think wow. in games like that, it often favors the running game because teams can't air it out as well. I mean, if the temperature is 10 and the wind chill is minus 10, there's probably some significant wind in play that's causing that different uh, sort of feel in the air. So I look at this as maybe a grinded-out sort of game for both teams. And for Minnesota, you want to minimize Teddy Bridgewater as much as you can. You want to try to avoid getting to long situations on second and third down. I think they're going to feed Peterson like crazy, but at the same time, I don't feel like at 7,300 I'm getting good value because Seattle's been pretty good against the run all year, and they bottled him up effectively in their first meeting. Yeah, I I realize that Adrian Peterson is, you know, he, he's a Hall of Fame talent. And to some extent, someone like him can become matchup proof so long as they get the workload. But uh, between being a little gimpy in uh, just the matchup, as you said, I, I have no faith of Teddy Bridgewater doing anything well in this game. Like, I don't think it's a good starting point is the matchup is bad. Uh, the weather could really hinder him quite a bit. I mean, throwing a football in this northern cold sucks a lot, and uh, it's it's not especially easy. Also, if you have smaller hands like Bridgewater does, I, I don't know. I, I think the the Minnesota defense is really good and it's healthy now, which is different than what it's been for a lot of the year. Like with Linval Joseph, better uh, defensive tackle, the the anchor of the uh, the, the, the def defensive line is much better than it was at a lot of points during the year when uh, the Vikings were accumulating stats that go into their current defense ranking. Uh, Anthony Barr, their linebacker, and one of their best pass rushers blitz-wise, and uh, Harrison Smith, too. I, I think he's back. I haven't looked. I know the other two have been back. Um, so, yeah, those th three being there, and, and Mike Zimmer's a good coordinator. Everson Griffin can get uh, to Russell Wilson, certainly. So it's going to be hard for Russell Wilson, but I think it's going to be just as hard for Teddy Bridgewater. And so I like Wilson. Uh, much bigger hands he's played in wisconsin before so he's used to the north relatively speaking plays in that seattle rainy environment i don't I, I feel like it's just shapes up to actually be like a surprisingly easy seattle win as long as that line doesn't implode so i just don't like peterson at all i don't see a scenario where he can i don't even feel safe about him getting the workload so you, okay yeah. you, you see a scenario where they fall behind and simply have to abandon him just just like the clock running out more so not even like even if they're losing i'm sure they're going to give them the ball it's just I'm, I'm worried about them punting so many times they just uh you know that good very good vikings defense eventually just you know withers under the exhaustion yeah it, it may be a legitimate concern if you look at the run defenses that are in this postseason uh, washington is among the most generous playoff defenses against opposing running backs and with that I do have some confidence in Eddie Lacy, which has not been a common theme throughout this season. But if you think about the way that Packers offense is playing right now, having to go on the road, Mike McCarthy is the ultimate 
button jamming simpleton, I think, as we've <laughs> described him button on mashing. our football. Yeah, yeah, button mashing. Button jamming makes it sound like he can't put on his shirt successfully, which also might be <laughs> true. <laughs> that's, definitely, that's definitely a Mike McCarthy problem. I think he wears a lot of zippers instead. Uh, but when you look at the Redskins, I mean, 4.8 yards per carry, I believe, was the number they were giving up in the regular season. Uh, they were tied for second worst. Only New Orleans was more generous on a per carry basis. And just among playoff teams, the Redskins allowed more fantasy points to opposing running backs than any other team that qualified for the postseason. So with that, Eddie Lacy makes a lot of sense for me. Like he's he's been so disappointing that I, I get the feeling the ownership won't be as high as it should be for for a guy priced down at forty five hundred on DraftKings. Not quite as cheap on FanDuel, but both lineups I've built out uh, have have featured Lacy on each site. Yeah, you're right. If the if the Packers are going to get through this with a win, it has to be because Eddie Lacy did very well. Um, I, it could be, I guess, James Starks doing well. Is he? Is he, he's not hurt or something like that. Um, just used him properly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was just as long as like Starks isn't a, a candidate to go off particularly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Lacy Lacy, if he's fine to go health wise, the matchup is right and. Particularly, Green Bay just doesn't have much reason to try throwing the ball if they have the choice because uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith, way too much on the edge for that Green Bay offensive line to handle. They do not want those two running at Aaron Rodgers more than like 30 times in a game. So if they do throw the ball uh, a lot, it's it's just not going to work in my opinion. But Lacey, I mean, maybe the last couple of weeks he's getting in shape and he's actually just going to go beast mode on them. Who knows? Um, <laughs> maybe, I mean, that wouldn't be anything that would surprise you, would it? No, like, Lace, this is Lacey, what he does. Lacey, I think the kind of game Lacey could have would be the one that he had against Dallas in like week 14 or so when he had 25-ish carries for about 125 he, yards. Like, he that's, could. That's the kind of game I expect the Packers offense to have, and I think that's the type of game plan they're going to use. The difference is... Kirk Cousins, in fact, is not Matt Castle, who had a sub four YPA in that game. Mm. Sub four normal, sub four. Yeah, and and Cousins, by the way, has been uh, a, he's been great in the second half in general, but all year at home he's been good. He's been like Brady and Foxborough good this year at home. So it's you do have to worry about uh, Washington creating a lead, I guess. But I I generally feel like the Packers. Uh, is, is Sam Shields in? Do we know that? Um, no, I think he's likely to sit, actually, based okay. on the news I was seeing earlier. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter that much, I guess. We, we don't have that many options to choose from, so we know, like, among these guys here, uh, like, Lacey is one of the best to be a GPP payoff as a guy who is on a team that has reason to not throw the ball against a team that is bad at stopping the run. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that can go wrong with all these guys, really, like Peterson included. So uh, I guess Marshawn Lynch would be my favorite running back play in a vacuum without considering price, uh, probably followed by Lacey ahead of Peterson. Yeah, if I can fit Lynch in for a spot, I, I would definitely consider it. 6,500 uh, makes it a little bit tricky if you want to get Antonio Brown into your lineup, but I would imagine Seattle gives Marshawn Lynch at least 15 carries this week. Maybe he doesn't see anything north of like 25, but pretty close to a regular workload for Lynch makes a lot of sense. I guess the downside is that Minnesota really hasn't been that bad against the run this year, so right. it yeah. may not be like easy for Lynch to pile up 100-plus yards. To be clear, I'm mostly punting at running back on this slate. I'd rather pay up for guys like Antonio Brown, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Doug Baldwin than I would want to pay for you know Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch. So I'm mostly going cheap at the position. Uh, Lacey on DraftKings is only 4500 so he, he qualifies for me there. Um, even at 6000 on FanDuel, I'm in on that. 
So looking at the other running backs that I've kicked around for that second spot, Sharkandrick West at 5,700 to me is, is a decent play on DraftKings. I think he's a little bit more expensive on FanDuel, so I'm, I'm steering away from West there. He's 6,400 on FanDuel. Uh, but I, I like the way that game should flow because I don't see either one of those teams blowing the other team out, so the, the volume seems pretty safe. I don't think Spencer Ware being the better runner in Week 17 matters much. The Chiefs kind of had control of that game against the Raiders, so I think West is going to be the main guy of the two backs that they like to use. Uh, looking at the other options, I mean, you could go with Gio Bernard or Jeremy Hill. I'm not going to do it. I think Pittsburgh's better up front than they are in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I think the way those guys chop up the workload can be frustrating week in and week out. Jeremy Hill has basically turned into like a Trent Richardson type in the span of a year. Yeah, uh, he got a little bit of steam in the second half. His it, it was more so his like first half of the year was truly miserable. Like yeah, you you said a Trent Richardson level. Um, but yeah, he he got a little better at the end. So I, I but for me the matchup is the thing that I I just don't care about either of them. Like you said, but uh, Bernard on uh, DraftKings uh, PPR scoring especially is why I would lean toward him, and he's only four thousand. So so your your punt play options, at least a handful of popular ones, are probably going to be like Alfred Blue. 4,200, Jordan Todman, 4,100, Fitzgerald Toussaint. Everybody wants to know about Toussaint, right? So he, he, I'll just, I, having been following the college football section here for a few years, uh, he, he came to Michigan, I believe, as kind of like a track guy initially, not so much a pure football type. But by his second year there, or his sophomore year anyway, he was their starting running back, had a big year working uh, in that backfield with Denard Robinson being the run-heavy quarterback. But then his second year... Started out the year uh, as with a suspension for one game. I think it was a DUI, and then he just didn't do well ever again. Like he had, he averaged about three point eight yards per carry that year before suffering a nasty leg break. And then the next year, he came back and averaged three point five yards per carry um, as the lead runner on that team. So he was not successful in college uh, after that one successful year. And he's around a five ten, like two ten kind of guy with pretty good athleticism like he should be fast and quick but uh I worry about whether he actually can play much running back like I think Jordan Todman is clearly the better runner and receiver between the two I would imagine it's just system familiarity and pass blocking considerations that make Toussaint the player uh the starter for them um in this one but yeah with that said I am not really that interested in Toussaint especially because I would imagine uh being called the replacement for D'Angelo Williams will build up quite a bit of chalk there um, so I'm not sure that the chalk is worth it because I don't perceive to be much upside there. So uh, my favorite punts at running back, um, DraftKings, Alfred Morris is 3,700, and we don't think Matt Jones is going to play. So that's if you consider Washington the favorite, I don't know how you don't love him at 3,700. And then the other one is hard for me. Uh, I've got enough to, to take either guy, but it's, it's between uh, Eddie Lacy, as we said before, and then Christine Michael for me. Um, 4400 on DraftKings. I'm not exactly psyched about the price or anything. It's just I don't feel like I have many alternatives to consider. And he's 6500 on FanDuel. So I might have a very similar lineup on both sites, really. McCarron, uh, Alfred Morris is uh, – yeah, Al- where's Alfred Morris on uh- – He's fifty five hundred on Fanduel. Oh, wow. I, I think he's a good play on Fanduel too. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, yeah, like I didn't even. I, just, I was like, I was just, uh, I just completely forgot to look for him because I assumed I, was, I like looked at the first five guys and I'm like, oh, Alfred Morris isn't there. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to go a lot with a, a lot of uh, AJ McCarron, a lot of uh, Alfred Morris, then probably just a split between Christine Michael and Eddie Lacy at the other running back spot. Yeah, I think James Starks fifty eight hundred on Fanduel and. 3600 on DraftKings is a good like punt play at the position too. Yeah, really if, if Lacey does that five carry four yard thing, then we I think we like Starks to do something at least. Right. If you think Eddie Lacey will miss curfew in DC, then 
Starks is pretty affordable. So they got good food in D.C. Do they? Yeah. I mean, it's just usually you can find good food as long as there's like a decent like international community because like they bring in all the good ideas. Sure. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to find in D.C. There's a lot. D.C. is a cool place. I have not been to D.C. yet. It's on my to do list. Public though. transportation. It's probably not even that great, but coming from Wisconsin, <laughs> where it's not a real thing at all, no, where the buses not. take two hours to go like a mile and a half, uh, the metro there is just a blast. I have fun just like sitting on the train. I remember at the uh, college orientation here for the University of Wisconsin, well, it's a long time ago now, like 12 years ago plus, but uh, first day I, I walk in and this kid from Boston comes in and goes, so uh, where's the subway? <laughs> and I just looked at him like, why like, would you want like, to go there? You want like you want a bad sandwich? Like what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, no, like where's the train? And like, just shook my head. And like, no, sorry, dude, we don't we don't have that here. Yeah, it's it's the cost of whatever your car insurance will cost you. That's it's not efficient. So the the jackets are at the the store on the corner on State Street. Go buy yourself one. You're gonna we just wear ski masks. Yeah. There was another exchange my wife had with some kids from out of state, and they said, "What do you guys wear for pants in the winter? Do you just wear sweatpants everywhere?" <laughs> like, well, we'd love to wear sweatpants everywhere, but it's still not socially acceptable, even in this part of the country. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy to be worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments. Check out Wix.com, W-I-X.com today. Let's take a look at some receiver plays on both sites. If we're punting running back, it stands to reason, of course, we're going to load up at receiver. DraftKings, the price on Antonio Brown is 9600 On FanDuel, it's 9500 Not really any sort of break on either site. Not, not that you'd expect to get one. I'm using them both places because I think the Steelers are more likely to throw it 10-plus times beyond a, a typical game rather than try to force their running backs into the D'Angelo Williams role this week against Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, Antonio Brown has generally been a little worse on the road historically, but with with uh, the running back production void there, I'm not sure that it matters at all. Like he's he's got to be their go to skill position player nearly every designed non run play. So uh, yeah, I like I like Antonio Brown especially on you know DraftKings where the PPR is. It's like he just cannot fail you there. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the better pure value I think in a vacuum. On FanDuel is probably I think Hopkins and AJ Green, eighty eight hundred and eighty three hundred, just because I like I'm a lot more confident that those two will find the end zone eventually. Uh, whereas Brown, it's like you 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 have to kind of be resigned to the possibility of like an eleven catch, hundred and ten yard kind of game. Uh, not that it'd be bad, but uh, with Hopkins and Green, I, I really like Green, especially with. Uh, I just, I just think the Pittsburgh matchup it really suits him well because I can't imagine Cincinnati running the ball well, and it, he's awesome. And A.J. McCarron doesn't appear to be really much worse, if any worse, than Andy Dalton. So, yeah, I could like those guys more on uh, FanDuel, I think. But Antonio Brown is definitely going to be on my lineup in DraftKings. I like A.J. Green a lot on DraftKings, though, because 7500 yeah. is a really nice discount. 8300 
on FanDuel, and I think that could be a pretty high-scoring game between the Bengals and Steelers. I think you're right. They have a better chance of moving it through the air with Green and Tyler Eifert than they do on the ground with Hill and Gio Bernard. Uh, but Hopkins makes a lot of sense if you can make him fit. I was trying to build a lineup on both sides with all three of those top receivers in there. It gets mm-hmm. a little bit dicey. You really got to get cheap uh, at the quarterback spot to do it. You got to go even uglier with that second running back spot, I think, to pull it off. I don't think it can really be done with a lineup that I'm comfortable with, but it was something I was looking at. If you can't get all three, I like the combination of Brown and Green just because Green is so cheap on DraftKings, whereas on FanDuel, I'm more likely to have Hopkins. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Um, I'm trying to look at, uh, let's see, So, what, what do you think about Jeremy Macklin? In both sites, it looks like he's right after that big four of uh, Baldwin being the four. I, by the way, I'm, I like Baldwin a lot uh as a player but the matchup i worry about because i just i worry about both teams struggling on offense for most of the game and i guess if i had to pick some kind of outcome i would bet that it's late in the game seattle eventually starts getting its offense going largely on the ground i don't know whether it'll be michael or bryce brown but uh those two and i'm just i'm not I'm, i'm worried about that that vikings front seven against that offensive line of seattle's uh, basically being a problem for Doug Baldwin because of Russell Wilson not having time to throw. Uh, so he's he's clearly in fourth for those guys. But uh, yeah, Macklin, I mean, he's he's getting like all of the receiver targets there, it seems. Uh, probably not much of a ceiling, though. I like him a lot more with the full point PPR on DraftKings as opposed to the half on FanDuel. So if I had him in the lineup, he'd be more likely to be on DraftKings. I guess uh, I'm not interested in him for the most part because we got like, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is on the slate. He's really good. If we if we expect Kirk Cousins to do particularly well, I think we have to like Jackson's chances. And uh, he's only 4500 on DraftKings, which is uh, you know the same price as Eddie Lacy. Um, but on, on FanDuel, also we got uh, Martavis Bryant to 6900 there on FanDuel. Or sorry, on, on DraftKings he's 5600. So do we think that Martavis Bryant is going to kind of rise to the occasion after getting called out, or do we worry that he's just actually soft, actually uh, you know limited by this whatever nagging neck ailment? that he has because um, if we believe that uh, Pittsburgh is going to go extra pass heavy uh, I guess we would have to believe that someone besides Antonio Brown will do something in that regard right it's not like Brown can go from 15 to 25 targets I mean like it's I guess good. It's, it's outside shot <laughs> might not work that well for them but right so I mean Martavis Bryant's coming off back-to-back games with one catch total duds and prior to that he was almost unstoppable the right. last time he played against the Bengals it was seven for 49 it's one of his quieter games, too. So I'm not crazy about him. He's 6900 on FanDuel. I think part of the reason I'm not paying up for him is because I can't afford him as a third, and I've been going Brown and Green or Brown and Hopkins everywhere. So it just doesn't right. fit the budget. But if you want to stay away, if you want to, say, fade Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant makes a lot of sense because the Steelers' passing game as a whole should be very productive in that matchup. Uh, the third receiver I was using on FanDuel is James Jones. 5,700. He's 4,100 on DraftKings, too. I think he makes a lot of sense on both sides. Yeah, I mean, his volume's been pretty stable the last few weeks. Even if you think the Packers are going to go run heavy for their game plan, if Aaron Rodgers throws it 28 times, a quarter of those targets go to James Jones. At least a quarter. And it seems like he's the receiver that right now Rodgers is simply the most comfortable with. He does seem to be. Like, early in the year, he was producing well on low target counts. It's kind of gone the other way in the last half of the year. Like, he's been... Not nearly as efficient, but he had 11 targets in, against Arizona two weeks ago, 13 last week against Minnesota, uh, nine in the th- in the third game going backwards. So 
I, I, on DraftKings, like I consider that borderline, like for me anyway, like a borderline must play because that's just that's just so cheap. Even in this Green Bay offense, it's so cheap for the lead Green Bay receiver, the lead Aaron Rodgers receiver. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that I, I can't tell whether that would be chalky or if uh, everybody's going to be so distracted by the higher, uh, you know, th- those elite guys at the top that they would perhaps omit James Jones. But yeah, James Jones at forty one hundred on DraftKings solves the Martavis Bryant question for me because that's just like I, I feel like I'm getting largely the same deal, like a guy who uh, is capable of a big game, both yardage and touchdown wise, and it's like I don't. I just don't even see. In a, I don't see a way that he doesn't get used. It's just hard to imagine a Packer game, especially with like thirty targets over his last three games. So let's move on to the tight ends here. I think there's a, only a few real viable options to go with. Uh, Jordan Reed, I think, is going to be chalky. Tyler Eifert's a lot cheaper on DraftKings, five thousand compared to Reed's sixty three hundred. Richard Rodgers at four thousand maybe is worth considering. And you got Travis Kelsey in between Eifert and Rodgers at forty five hundred as it lines up right now. Kelsey is my preferred option on DraftKings. One, to avoid some of the, I guess, the over-reliance on the Washington offense. Because if I already have Cousins and Jackson, then Reed can't have the crazy good Reed game. So it just kind of makes sense puzzle-wise, but it's also a cost thing. Um, The issue I have is that if I look at the pricing on FanDuel, I think it's tighter because they're they're all a little bit more expensive. I mean, Reed 7,400, Eifert 6,400, and Kelsey 6,200. And at those prices, I'd rather just pay up for Reed and then not have Cousins as my quarterback on FanDuel. Yeah, uh, these these are things I hadn't considered quite yet because I lazily just went at Heath Miller uh, on DraftKings at 3,300. I really, really like him this week against uh, against Cincinnati just because, I mean, this is lazy. And in some ways, I'm just begging for a regression to the mean. But uh in, against Cincinnati this year, he caught let's see, ten passes for 105 yards in Week Eight, and then the next game he caught ten passes for 66 yards. So on DraftKings, at least, it seems like he's pretty well situated to be useful in both cash and tournaments at 3,300. Uh, FanDuel though uh, doesn't have PPR to bail him out if he doesn't find the end zone, which there's a totally good chance he will not. So uh, yeah, I like I like Kelsey a ton as just a player. And uh, yeah, the, I guess the thing is for me with 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 DraftKings, it's I think harder to aff- or it's easier to afford Jordan Reed, so he's going to be more chalky there. Whereas on on FanDuel, I think there might actually be some upside in paying up for him because I would imagine a lot of optimizers and stuff are going to point toward Eifert, Heath Miller, uh, and and people you know might be tempted to go with it so as to not have to miss out on the big receivers. Um, but yeah, I. I don't feel super strongly about it, I guess. Uh, I think on FanDuel, though, yeah, Kelsey and Eifert are probably my favorites just because there's not it, there's a bigger gap between Reed and everybody else than there is Eifert and Heath Miller, so it's just not that hard to pay up for him on there. I think that's a really good point. Now, you were talking earlier about defense, and uh, maybe it was before we started recording, but the Packers are having all sorts of issues in their offensive line. You seem to like the Washington defense. Are you using them on both sides for all your entries, or is another defense that you're sprinkling in? Well, the defenses for me are Seattle and Washington. I prefer Seattle if I can afford them because I don't uh, – between the bad run defense on Washington and I don't think their secondary is any good really either. Uh, so it's it's just the pass rush has to come through. But that's the thing. The Green Bay offensive line has been so cripplingly bad this year that I'm not sure it really matters who the Packers play. And uh, 
someone's they're just going to sack Rodgers. Like, that's just how it works now. And the thing about Washington is they have Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith, who are two of the best edge rushers in the league. So, uh, I mean, Trent Murphy, I think, plays a little more than Preston Smith, but uh, Preston Smith is the more dangerous rusher. So, uh, yeah, Kerrigan especially can be a big problem. He can be like a three-sack guy in this matchup. Yet another reason to consider Eddie Lacy, I think, because the Packers can neutralize that they edge really rushing sh- ability by they, running yeah, it. They really don't want Kerrigan and Preston Smith going at Don Barclay. And even Bakhtiari, if he's ready to go, even I don't, is, is Bulaga playing anymore? I can't. I thought he was just like out for the year before, and then I saw him hobbling off the field in that Arizona game. Uh, either way, it does, I don't think it matters who the Packers have in their offensive line. I think it's just a mess. I don't think it's that good talent-wise and that it's beat up. It's just it can't deal with people like Kerrigan and Smith. Yeah, it's frustrating that Bulaga is constantly just dinged up. It's like the center square on Packer demolition bingo where you just you just know like when when that happens, it's over. Like the 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 string's going to come unraveled every single time. You know, once that uh, offensive line starts to fall apart, I like Pittsburgh's defense against McCarron. If you if you're not going to play McCarron, of course, I see the merits of playing him. But I think Pittsburgh can get to the opposing passer effectively. They can pile up some sacks too. Forty five hundred, not quite as expensive as Seattle, but I think your logic for Washington cheapest defense on the board on FanDuel, by the way, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. They're a little more expensive. They're thirty three hundred, uh, middle of the pack on DraftKings. Choosing a kicker, never fun for me on FanDuel. I try to save as much money as possible. Mason Crosby was the cheapest one at 4500 so he's the guy I picked. Is there any reason to steer towards one of the more expensive options? Uh, well, I, I love projecting kicker well, output. They're, um, they're going to be kicking rocks in the Minnesota game, so Hauschka yeah. and Blair Walsh are just out because kicking a ball when it's 5 degrees outside is horrible maybe like cairo santos <laughs> i don't, I don't it's know indoors. I just, I, yeah i just i i really don't know and i probably i can't tell whether i know less or care less but they're neither <laughs> of them are very high up I yeah, don't know. cairo santos could be the other fallback option but that's 300 bucks that i don't have available in my lineup right now so yeah we'll, I, I i i just i don't know i don't know well, good luck to everybody out there listening, especially if you're making a kicker decision, because in the playoffs especially, it's even worse with fewer options and bad weather uh, to deal with. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by Wix.com. Josh and Benny will be back with you tomorrow. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.